I have to tell you that uh, my wife Jody and I have realized something just over the last couple weeks. It's been over 10 years since we've gone on a trip, just her and I. Like together, just no kids, just checking out and getting away. So we're, we think we're due maybe for three or four days away. And uh, we, so we start to make plans, right? Like we went and got a passport. Anybody ever been through that process? You have to know the birthday of your parents, like month, day, and year. I mean, it's, maybe I should just know that. I had to call my mom. I was kind of embarrassed. I did not, I knew her birthday, but not the year, whatever. So we're getting passports and Ava came down the stairs. She saw the passport application. She's like, she's like, where are we going? I said, well, Ava, we're not going anywhere, but your mom and I, we going party, you know what I'm saying? So we're going somewhere. We don't know where yet. I'm thinking like, like some of you, I see you online. You, you go to these all-inclusive resorts. They look fun, like Cancun. So I start, I start looking up a few trips just to kind of see what's out there. And uh, you know, something about me, I like to save money. Another way to say that is I'm cheap, okay? But anyway, don't matter. So yeah, you too? So I'm looking up these resorts and I'm like, dang, 400 bucks a night, 500 bucks a night, 600 bucks a night. But then I realized it was sorting by recommended. We don't sort by recommended. We sort by what? Price. Lowest, but I do. I'm like, price. I sorted it. It showed me. And you guys, the first one on the first option, I'm like, I knew God was real. I'm like, 25 bucks a night. Can you not? That's what it said. But then I look at the name, and some of the names of the resorts are like um, the uh, Riviera Maya, and the Moon Palace, and the Royal Ariana Grande. And, but this one, it wasn't called any of that. It was called Jerry's Place. And I'm like, and so you click on it, and then I realize it's literally Jerry's house. I mean, it's a, it's a room in his house. And I thought this, I thought to myself, well, how much time are we really going to spend in the room anyway? You know what I'm saying? I mean, this might still be okay. And as, as I'm getting ready to tell Jody the great news about the deal I found, you know, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will just talk to you just to save your marriage. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he, he, he reached down and he tapped me on the shoulder and the Holy Spirit's like, don't be a moron. You know? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Then I thought to myself, you're right. 25 bucks a night, we deserve better than that, don't we? Right? Jody's like, yes, we do. Yeah. So we, and I thought we deserve more than that. We deserve better than that. And that's what the world would say, right? I mean, even though it's all inclusive, uh, I don't know if Jerry did all the cooking. I don't know how any of that works, but whatever. So, but I thought to myself, we deserve more. Like we deserve better than that. And, and the world would say the same thing. The world would say that you do deserve more. And the more you get, the better it is. And the more you accumulate, the better it is. Um, in fact, the world would say you're blessed when you get something, right? And, and you are. Like, I've talked about a Dodge Challenger for years. I have, no one's given it to me yet, but when they do, it'll be a blessing to me. I'm telling you, that's a blessing. But, but Jesus said something that was so countercultural, and he didn't say it in Acts, but it was quoted in Acts 20.35. Christ said, it is more blessed, say blessed. Yep, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So I love that Jesus even used the verbiage more. Like, he's not saying it's not a blessing to get. He knows it's a blessing to get something, but he's saying it's even more blessed to give than to receive. See, we're in a series called Flip the Script. Today, Jesus is going to help you and I flip the script on something. See, the world says that it's best to get, get things and hold on to things, but Jesus says it's best not to hold on, but to let go. It's best not to accumulate, but to, to, to give out. It's best not to get all the time, but also to give. So right now, somebody's getting kind of, some guy's getting kind of tense. He's like, Jenny, is he going to talk about money? Grab your purse. Let's go. You know, just relax. Don't grab your purse. Don't run for the door. At least not until I can take an offering. Okay? That's what I'm, just kidding. 
It's a tense crowd. So um, it is not about money, so you don't need to worry about that. It is about the heart. And that's what Jesus is talking about when he talked about this. And, and something I have to tell you is this. If, you, if we resonate with the message today, this is, the, this is the number one theme that changed my life, other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, is what I'm sharing with you today. That's why I'm so passionate about it. Like, I've been praying all week that, that this will be received in the way that Jesus wants you to receive it. But what I want to tell you is, I want, to, I want to give you a warning. When it comes to me teaching you what Jesus says, it should always come with a warning. Because Jesus never taught like the world teaches. Jesus, he was so countercultural. You'll see that as I read you scripture here in about 45 seconds. Jesus is so flipped the script, right? So, so the world, what, I, what you're hearing today, the world will not do. I guarantee you. Most of the world will never do it. But here's the question I posed to Meadows Church. Do you want to live, Mike? Do you want to live like the world? No. You don't want to live like the world. The most, stats say most of the world is unhappy with their life. You know that? In America, most Americans are not happy if you ask them with their lives. Do you really want to follow that? Do you really want to live that way? Or do you think Jesus has something better? Say he's better. He is better. He is better. So today I'm so excited. I'm going to give you some Old Testament and some New Testament. Um, actually, they're bookends. We're gonna, I'm going to preach out of the last book of the Old Testament, and then it leads to the first book of the New Testament, of course. But there's this gap of 400 years where God, from what we know, he, nothing is recorded in his word, right? But, but the theme stays the same. God doesn't change. So I, I'm going to start with Matthew, and we start at the Sermon on the Mount. This whole series has been in the Sermon on the Mount. Because when Jesus started to preach this, it was like people were like, what are you talking about? Love your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you. You know, it's more blessed to, to, to give than to receive. I mean, crazy things. In Matthew 6, I'm preaching out of Matthew 6, 19 is where I'll start. If you brought a Bible or a mobile app, God, I love when you bring the word of God with you. Get in it and, and just fall in love with it. It's, how you, it's the number one way you get to know Christ, I believe. Um, but we'll put it on the screen as well. Matthew 6, 19. The, the King Jesus is speaking. Don't store up treasures on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store up your treasures in heaven. What do you mean by that, Jesus? Well, we'll see. Where moths and rust can't destroy them, thieves don't break in and steal. And then he makes this countercultural, crazy Jesus statement. He says, wherever your treasure is, well, there your heart will be. And actually, it makes sense, doesn't it? What you find valuable is, is, is where your treasure goes, where your heart is, where your treasure goes. Jesus, where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. No one can serve two masters. You're either in or you're out. For you hate one, you love the other. You're devoted to one and you despise the other. You can't serve both God and be enslaved to money. You know, old King James would say mammon. But, but it's referring to possessions and things that we might cling to in the world. By the way, here's, here's, this is crazy to think. 82% of Americans, this is nuts, 82% of Americans would rather talk about anything other than money. Did you know that? Like, they would rather tell you that they have hemorrhoids than tell you what's in their checking account. Isn't that weird? Like, I don't want to know any of that. But they, that's, they would. They'd rather go there. Because, but, but Jesus, no joke, Jesus talked about possessions, money, that kind of thing. It, Jesus is love. He talked about money twice as much as love. So the world doesn't want to talk about it at all. And look how the world lives. Jesus says, I'm talking about it more than anything else because I love you. And look how Jesus wants you to live. 
See, I'm, I'm, I want to get our defenses down if they're up right now. Like, we, I don't want nothing from you. Jesus wants to give you a word from him. And this, these aren't my words. These are Jesus' words. But, but I just, I get excited about this. I never used to, but I do now. And I'll tell you, you'll find out later. So, Jesus he says, you, 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 you can't serve both God and money. And then what he does in the Sermon on the Mount, he, he, he transitions right to another topic on purpose. You know where, where he starts talking about possessions and treasures and money? And you know what he talks about next? Worry. He, he says, why do you worry? You know why he does that? Because Jesus knows when we think about those things and we fixate on those things, it brings worry in our lives. So Jesus, he immediately transitions and he says, stop worrying about what you're going to wear. Stop worrying about what you're going to eat. He says, aren't the birds taken care of? Don't I take care of? Look at the birds. Like, they have enough food. They have a place to go. Don't, aren't you more valuable than the birds? That's what Jesus says. Aren't you more valuable than they are? And by the way, there are advantages to being part of a local church. I don't know. I, I, I wish I would have heard this before I heard it, but it's a, it's a fact. And I've said this before, but it's been a while, so I'll say it again. If Meadows Church is your home, you, you will always have a place to stay. Always. Always. You will always have clothes to wear. Always. You'll always have a coat. You'll have a scarf. You'll have gloves. You'll have a hat. You and your family, you'll always have food on your table. Why? Because we are a family, and we take care of each other in times of need. And that's what we're called to do. That's what the first church did, and that's what we do. So that's your take. I mean... And that might not even seem like a big deal because we live in America. We're like, oh, of course we got a place to stay. Of course we got food on the table. But that's not an of course in many countries. And I'm telling you, to have your felt needs met automatically, and for me to tell you that your felt needs will always be met in this church, if you're part of this church family, we'll take care of you in that way, always. So hopefully that takes some burden off. Jesus continues in verse 31. He continues on the path of worry. Stop it. Don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But if you're in Christ, if you've called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit lives in you, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be worried about that. You shouldn't worry really at all, to be honest. You shouldn't worry. Instead, Jesus says, um, why, those things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father, he knows all your needs. And here we go. One of my favorite scriptures Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Another translation would say, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. That's huge. It's intentional. Jesus said it. And he will give you everything you need. And my question to me and my question to you is, who do we seek first? I mean, are we seeking our things? Are we seeking money? Or are we seeking God? I, like, and, and I know it's quick to be like, oh, come on, pastor, we're in church. You know, of course we're seeking God first, right? I mean, give me a G, give me an O, God, you know, whatever. Well, here, <laughs> I don't cheer much, and that's the reason why, what you just saw. So um, here's how you know who you're truly seeking. And I'm preaching not at you, but with you, trust me. Here's how you know. What do you think about more? There's your answer. What do you think about more? I mean, that's, that's what's got your priority. Is it the job? Is it the 401k? Is it the raise? Is it uh, the bills? Is it the tax return? Is it Cancun? What, what do you think about more, God or the things? And, and, and that's, how, that's, a, that's a test that can tell you where you're at. Here's what I know about people when it comes to giving. Most, most people want to give. Like when I wasn't giving to anything, I wanted to. And you do too. 
Like, here's what I think would be cool. And, and, and think about this. I bet you would like this. You and your friends or your family, you go out. Say a few of you, or say eight or ten of you. You gather at, like, the Cheesecake Factory, okay? Now, there's a couple things I already know. Number one, it's going to take you 45 minutes to order, right? Because, because the menu is as big as a phone book, okay? Kids, a phone book, it, see, we used to, anyway, so it don't matter. Uh, phone book, what? Okay. So, but the second thing I know about um, you going out is you would love to do this. After you get in ordering your meal, and after you guys get in ordering your delicious cheesecakes, you would love to say, you know what, I got it. They come over with the tab. Is it all separate, or is it together? And you'd love to, you, you, without thinking about it, you'd love to say, I got it. I would too. You, do you know why most people can't do it? It's because we're strapped, right? It's, it's tight. I mean, I love you guys, but I, let's separate them, and it's kind of embarrassing, but, but I, we can't do that. And they feel the same way. We're strapped. We can't pay our bills. We're paycheck to paycheck. And, and, and it's just, we have this, this, these money problems. What if I told you it wasn't a money problem? What if I told you it was a spiritual problem? This is what Jesus is talking about. This is what was so revolutionary to me. Because one of the, one of the things that we do as a church, we walk with people financially. Because Jesus talked about it more than anything else. We think, well, maybe we should help people. And we do. Financial peace. I'm begging you, if you've never done it, even if you, your finances feel like they're in order, one, one time a week for nine weeks, it will change your life. We offer it twice a year. But when it's not being offered, we still walk with people. So if people are struggling, they need help, we have people that will sit down and go through a budget with people. And people want to change. I know they do because I, I hear people, they're like, all right, I'm making changes. I'm, uh, we're done eating out. No more Cheesecake Factory. I, I'm getting a second job. And I'm getting a third job. And I, I'm going to sell this on Facebook Marketplace. And I'm going to sell that on Facebook Marketplace. And get up off that chair. I'm going to sell that chair on Facebook Marketplace. You know, whew, has anybody gone through this Facebook Marketplace phase? Yeah. I mean, Jody, get your hand up, please. Okay, thank you. She has. She did. Now, I don't see it anymore much, but for there was a time, anything that wasn't bolted down, she's taking pictures of it. And I knew it was a problem when she walked up the stairs with a freaking stuffed animal. And I'm like, Jody, what are you doing? A bear? You're not. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a picture. We're going to sell on Facebook. I said, who in their right mind is going to buy a used, COVID-ridden, stuffed animal from a stranger? Four minutes later, she looks at her phone. She's like, oh, it's sold. I'm like, well, you're kidding me. Who are these people? I want to meet them because when they come over, they obviously don't know Jesus and I need to invite them to church. So, my God, but they do. It's sold. He sets it out on the step. They're going to come pick it up. I'm like, that is so weird. We're putting stuffed animals. Anyway, so pray for us. Um, you can change everything you want with your budget and all that kind of stuff. Um, at the end of the day, it'll still be messed up if God's not first. You can get a third job. You can get a fourth job. That's great. You might bring in extra income, but I'm telling you, at the end of the day, it will still look messed up if God's not first. It is a fact. So, in case you feel, I hope you feel the love of God right now because his word is going forth. Let's take a quick quiz. Does God love you, yes or no? Mm -hmm. Does God want the best for you, yes or no? Does God want to bless you, yes or no? Now, some of you might have even hesitated on that third question. You're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't need to hesitate on it. The reason you might hesitate, like I used to, is because as soon as you hear bless you, you think money. And, and that's one of the thousands of blessings that God will, can bestow on your life. Can he bless you financially? Sure, but that's, that's, that's one of the ways. But if you immediately go there and think money and, and hesitate whether you say God wants to bless you in that way, it's a good chance you serve money over God. I can tell you that because that was my life. 
So, so God does want to bless you in, in many ways. And, and it's okay to say that. But let me ask you a question. Would God, bless, would God bless somebody that he cannot trust? Well, let, let's, let, let's play, okay, let's play it out. You guys are conflicted, I get it. So let's say that you're a business owner. You're, you're, you finally take the plunge into entrepreneurship. Ooh, that's hard to say. I'm not even sure I said it right. But anyway, you take the plunge into starting a business. That's better. And, and it's your own business, and it's going well, and you bring on an employee. And because you what? You trust them. And you start paying them because you trust them. You trust them you're going to do a good job. You're going to own it like I own it. You're going to pretend like it's your business. And it's, you're not just an employee, but we're going to do this together. And, you, and so you give them responsibility. But you also set up cameras because it's a business and it's growing and you want to be, you want to be cautious. And as you check the footage, you see that the person that you hired is, is, is stealing money out of, the, out of the till. Let me ask you a question. If the person that you hired is stealing money out of the till, are you going to trust them with more? Are you? Are you gonna are you gonna like when you sit down for the yearly review, are you gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a raise. You've been such a good employee to us, I'm gonna give you more. Are you when you and your wife, the owners, when you go to Cancun and, and you need to trust them with, the, with to run the business while you're gone, are you just gonna give them the keys and say, You got it? You, I'm gonna give you more responsibility. I'm gonna give you more. Are you gonna do that? No. If you smoke crack, you might, but if you're a normal person, you're not gonna give more responsibility to somebody who's stealing from you. That would be insane. What if we're stealing from God? In Malachi, this is the book before Matthew. Throughout the Old, can I summarize the Old Testament? God is leading the Israelites, his chosen people. They sin, they get, they get jacked up, they screw things up. God tells them, come back to me. They do it for a little bit, and then they go do their own thing again, and again, and again, and again, and again. The very end of the Old Testament, you know what God is telling them? Return to me. He's giving a million chance. I love you so much. Come back to me. Do you know what they're doing? doing? They're stealing from God. Pastors included. He's actually talking to the Levites, the priests, and, and telling the priests to give it to all the people. They're all jacked up. And, and God, this is what God says in Malachi 3. From the days of your fathers, your ancestors, your, your dads and your grandpas, uh, you've gone away from me. And my ordinances, my commands, it's all you've done throughout all the Old Testament. You keep doing it. You've not kept them. And then he says, return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, what do you mean? In what way do we return? It's like they're saying, we've not gone anywhere, God. And God's like, will a man rob God? But yet you have robbed me. You say, what are you talking about, God? We haven't stolen from you. You've robbed me tithes and offerings. This is God. These aren't my words. These are God's. You're cursed. You're cursed with a curse because you steal from me. Okay, so, so here's what he says. You want to get under the curse? You've robbed me, even the whole nation. Now, here's what you can do. To return to me, bring all, say all, all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be enough food in my house. So when I first went to a church that was, I grew up in a Catholic church. So when I went to a church uh, where I got saved at, I, I'd never heard the word tithe. I had no idea. I was like, tithy, tithy? I, I had no clue what they're even talking about. Well, a tithe literally means 10. So the principle that God initiated was when you make stuff, you return 10% back to him. Like, because that's his. It keeps your heart in check with him. It keeps you close to him. It keeps you trusting him. That's what it's about. It was never about the stuff or the money. It was always about the heart. And, and that's what people don't understand. So, so God says, you steal, you steal tithes from me. You steal, you steal from me? 
I, all I do is love you and give you second chances and you rob me? So God says, there's a curse on you. But I want that curse to be lifted. So, so bring all the tithes. The storehouse, you can research it yourself. The storehouse is the local church. That's what they're referring to, the temple, the church. So bring all your tithes to the storehouse so there may, may be enough in my house. Now, you guys, when I heard that, and I heard it was 10, I went home. This is pre-cell phone, so I couldn't get my smartphone out in service. Otherwise, I would have. But I'm like, 10%. And I ran home, and I grabbed a calculator. Kids, a calculator is something that, anyway. So uh, I grabbed my calculator. I did the math, and I was like, ain't no way. Ain't, that ain't happening. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. That's not happening. And after I got them flopping on the floor for about 45 minutes, it, it's like, and it's like God knew we would do that. It's like God knew that would be my reaction because you know what he says next? He says, test it. It's like, Monty, I knew you'd flop around like a fish and say, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. So then he says this, try me on it. Says the Lord of hosts and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great there will not be enough room to receive it. Put me to the test. Here's what's crazy about God saying that. Everywhere in the word of God, you hear God say this. And Jesus himself says that the son of God do not test the Lord your God. He says it all over scripture. Don't test me. Don't test me. So here God gives an exception to his own word. And he says, you know what? I need you to test me here. Why would he say that? Why? Why would he pick possessions and money to say that? You know why. Because we, we hold on to it. Why were they stealing? They, they're holding on. They're not trusting. So God says, you know what? I know I say don't test, don't test me. Don't test me. For this one, for my son speaks on this more than anything else. Test me. You, test, you put me to the test and see what will happen. And, 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 and how can I say it? And I, even as I say, even as you hear God's going to pour out a blessing so great, somebody might be thinking, I don't know. Pastor, that sounds awful like a prosperity gospel. You give and you get rich. And I'm telling you, this is no prosperity gospel. This is a promise from God. A promise that says, if you trust me and you put me first, I will open the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room. Those aren't my words, there's God's. So I don't know why we shy away from that. And when you hear blessings, stop thinking financial all the time. I'm talking blessings over your family. I'm, I'm talking blessings over your child that struggles with addiction or depression or anxiety. I'm talking blessings over your career. This is what God's talking about. We're so limited, we think money. Oh, God's going to bless us with money. He might. He has in some cases, but not all the time. God, he's so much like, and here's the thing. We, we, we can celebrate the blessing piece and, oh, yeah, God wants to bless me. But here's the thing, and I wrote it down. Do we really believe it? Like, 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 do we believe what I just read? That God's words, put me to the test, return a tithe, return 10% back to me, and, and watch what I do in your life. Do you believe it? See, we can say it, and I believe what you said. I believe you do. But I've heard people, I've heard me, I'll point the finger at me. I believe, I believe God's word. I'll post about God's word online. I'll tell you how God's word is true, and I'll tell you that God has my heart. God's first in my life. If I'm not tithing, that's a lie. It's not true. And I don't say that to make anybody feel bad. I say that because that's what I was doing. As a campus pastor in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, I wasn't leading the charge of the whole entire church, but I was a campus pastor, and that's a pretty elevated role in the church. And I wasn't even tithing because I wasn't trusting God with, with my money. So I, 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 I wrote it down this way. We will obey what we truly believe. We will obey what we truly believe. If I'm not tithing, I don't truly believe it. 
I don't care what the word of God says. God, that must have applied. For, that must have been Old Testament. You're t- tithing is Old Testament. Actually, in Matthew 23, Jesus said, yes, you should tithe. So it's not Old Testament. It's Old and New Testament. But uh, speed limits. You know me. I don't like to obey speed limits. I've been very open about that. You will obey what you believe. When I see, this, when I see the speed limit says 35, I, I don't obey it because I don't believe that's right. I think it should be 45, maybe 50. So I'm telling you, if we obey it, that means we believe it. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you post. It, it, we can't pick and choose God's word. And here's the insane thing. This is the last thing you want to omit. You, people will omit money first because, oh, it's my money. And, uh, why, would, why would Jesus talk about it? You think Jesus is desperate for your money? Well, Jesus is going to talk about it more than anything else because without your money, he can't, the church ain't going to make it. He's, the, the word's not going to go forth. Are we that insane to think that? Here's the number. Here, so when I hear pastors preach on, on Malachi and tithing, a lot of times they stop where I just stopped. Why would you stop there? The next verse is the biggest verse you're going to hear today. It, it, it's not physical that I'm talking about blessings. It's spiritual. This is, this is why, why would you not tell the congregation, the people, the word of God? Here's what he says. Return all the tithe, return 10%, and I will rebuke the devourer. I will rebuke the enemy for your sake. I, I, I will stand up against Satan and fight for your sake because there's no curse on you, but there's a blessing on you. God's words, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit from your field, says the Lord of hosts. I will rebuke the enemy for you and protect you and protect your family and protect your, your name and protect your well-being. That's what he says. Okay, I get it. So, so, so we tithe and, and, and so God will bless us. No, no, no. You don't tithe so God will bless you. That's conditional. That's you do this, I'll do that. He will, but that's not why you do it. We don't obey God so he'll bless us. You know why we obey God? Because we love him. That's why you obey God. That's what Jesus said at the Last Supper. You know what he said to the, to the 12? He said, if, it, 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 obey, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. What's it? Do I have it? I don't know if I put it on the screen, but I'm, I'm going to give you the scripture. John 14, 15. If you love me, obey my commands. God doesn't want stuff from you. He wants your heart. He knows what our heart is tied to. This is what it's all about. It was never a money issue. It was always a trust issue. And I never understood that. And as much as I want to say I love Jesus and he's first, if I'm not being obedient in this area, he's not. So, so I'm going to tell you what a pastor told me one time. And it, it's, it cut to the chase. And it, it, you know, the Bible says that, well, the Bible itself cuts through, cuts through bone and marrow. It cuts to the core of who you are. And here's what he told me. He, he, he summed up Malachi that I read to you, and here's what he said. Monty, when it comes to the tithe, you have two choices. You can bring it, or you can steal it. There is no plan C. And I was like, dang, you're kind of a jerk. <laughs> but, but that's what he said. You can bring it, and, and bring is huge. People, like, I could get techno and tell you that even if you're not returning 10%, because giving is above and beyond 10%. That's really what giving is. Uh, you bring the tithe. Why do you bring it? Because you can't return what isn't yours. Why would God say you're stealing from me? Why would he use the verbiage robbing and stealing? Because it was never ours in the first place. It was always his. You, don't, you can't give what's not yours. You, you can return it to God. You can bring it to God. You ain't given him anything. It's his. So you can keep it and have a curse, or you can, you can return it and have a blessing. 
And if you think it's prosperity, read the word of God. I'm not talking, it, it's way bigger than that. And I'll give you an illustration. Uh, the host team is gonna bring up a table. This is, this is an illustration that is exciting. Number one, because it involves M&Ms, okay? Number two, and guess what kind of M&Ms I use? Who, who, M&Ms, who likes plain? Raise your hand. You're a plain, you're just plain Jane. Okay, peanut? How about peanut butter? Okay, God loves you right there, right there. Peanut butter is where it's at. So I went shopping yesterday for M&Ms. There's like 47,000 flavors now. I don't know if you know that or not. There's a lot of them. So right there, right there is perfect. Bring it out just a little bit because I'm going to sit down next to it and get, get just all... <laughs> yeah, no allergies. Well, we'll find out. So here's what he showed me when it comes to bringing and tithing. So peanut butter, because we love the Lord. So these are my M&Ms. I bought them. I just can't open them. I should have had them. So these are mine. No one disputes that. I purchased them. That's, let's just get crazy. All right. So these are mine. But I... I have a friend, and I love that friend, so I'm going to share. Do I have to share? Hmm, they're mine. I don't have to do anything. But because I love my friend, I'm going to. So my friend, his name's Jimmy. He's right here. You can't see him, but he's there. Just trust me. So Jimmy and me are hanging out, and I say, Jimmy, I got M&Ms. You want some? He's like, dude, I love M&Ms. Peanut butter, they're my favorite. I'm like, all right, well, let's do it. And I start sharing with Jimmy, and I'm like, all right, Jimmy, let's divide them up. One for you, two for me. One for Jimmy, two for Monty. One for Jimmy, two for me. Now, at this point, is Jimmy upset? He's not. Because 90 seconds ago, Jimmy had zero M&Ms. Now Jimmy has three. So am I getting more? Yeah, I'm getting more. But Jimmy's okay with that because Jimmy understands, dude, they're your M&Ms. You know, you're out of the goodness of your heart. You're just, you're giving me one and you're taking two. You're giving me one and you're taking two. I'm happy because I get to share with Jimmy. Jimmy's a happy boy because Jimmy now has six of them. Look at him go. So, and we, when we divide all this up, Jimmy's going to have a great stash of M&Ms. That's me being a good friend. That's me being a loving friend. I'm happy because I feel good about helping Jimmy. Jimmy's ecstatic because, again, Two minutes ago, Jimmy had zero M&Ms, and now he has a whole pile of them. That's just good friendship, and that's loving somebody else. Here's what God does. Because we, we'd be negligent to say that everything that you, you've been given is, is from God. Anything good is from God. So God's math is always different. Here's, here, when you think about a tithe, think about this. This is what God says he's, as he sits down with you as your friend. You know what, Jimmy? Nine for you, one for me. Nine for you, one for me. Nine for you, one for me. The love of the Father is unbelievable. And you might say to yourself, well, why doesn't God, if, if, if there's 10 involved, why is he making me return it? Why, not just, why doesn't God just like take the one off the top? Because there's no faith in that. Because God is desperate to connect you to him and keep you connected. He knows the heart's desperately wicked, and you know it too. So God says, I'm going to give you all 10, and you are going to return one to me. It's mine. It's always been mine. It's never been yours. And when you keep the one, you're stealing. But when you do it the right way, and you, uh, you have nine and I have one, the nine go farther with my blessing than, than the 10 would ever go without it. 
So this is what I want people to know. And you might ask, why do I have two bags of M&M's? I don't know, because I want to give one away. Who likes peanut butter M&M's? Your hand went up first. So, oh my gosh. Sorry about that. You got to be ready at Meadows Church. I'm just saying. Guys, thank you for the illustration. So when I saw that illustration, it just, it did something to me. And I think we could hear messages about this. You guys want to come get it? You can hear messages about this and think, oh, yeah, yeah. God doesn't want anything from you other than your heart. That's what he wants. So here's the mistake. Learn from two mistakes that I've made. Um, I, I've, I've said this before. I'll give more when I have more. Can I, can I tell you something? It's not about having more. It's about being obedient and trusting with what you have right now. That's what it's about. That is a fact. So the enemy's going to, that's the enemy talking, by the way. You'll give more when you have more. And by the way, you won't. Most people don't. Generally, the more you make, the less you give percentage-wise because it, you see that amount, and it's a lot. It's, it's a fa- I'm just being honest with you. And the second mistake, Ava, that your dad made, you want to hear it? Yes, of course you do. So I'm sure she's excited. So here's the mistake I made. I'd hear a message on giving, and I, and I give. I'm like, all right, I'm going to work towards a tithe. I'm going to give 20 bucks or whatever. And then I'd be excited about it, and the next week I'd be like, oh, I kind of forgot most of that message, but ah, I'll do it again. But by week three, the message was kind of forgot about, and we were moving on to something else, and things were tight, and money was tight, and all that. And I'd be like, ah, I'll just hold back this time because I'll give more when I have more back to the mistake number one. But, but that was the biggest mistake I could make. Do you know what I was doing? God was optional. God was optional. It was like, God, I'll give to this. I'll give to the car. I'll give to the house. I'll give to um, the game. I'll give to the concert. But you know what? I, you're over here. And God says, I, don't, I, I actually belong here. The key, to, the key to the whole message is to give first and consistently. And here's what I would tell you, because some of you, like me, you're thinking, 10% ain't no way. It's okay. Take the, take the route I took, 1%, 1.5%. I kept working towards it. God, God blesses those who are taking steps towards obedience. I'm telling you that. Don't be like, well, if I don't get to 10%. No, he wants you just to take a step. But some of you, if we could be real honest, you could go to zero to 10 like that, and it wouldn't, it barely even, you barely even notice. So we're all at different seasons. But, but I just, I, don't make the mistake where, you know what? Give first. God doesn't want to be optional. He can't be optional. He's got to be first. Well, that takes faith to give first, Pastor. Yes, it does. That takes faith to trust God when things are tight. Yes, it does. But, but our giving cannot be based on our wealth. It's got to be based on God's word. Church, we got to get to a point where we stop trusting just in what we see, but we start trusting in what God says. His word is true. If I could get people to really believe what I'm preaching today, it would change your life. Why do you think the title of the message is what it is? I don't even know if I gave the title. If you have notes, you know it. One choice that will change your life. You're saying that because you want our money. (laughs) I'm saying that because I want God's hand on your life. Desperately. So regular, consistent giving will grow your faith and help you learn to trust God more. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. A few weeks ago, I went out with a couple. I appreciated the conversation. They're churched, grew up in the church, been to different churches. And sometimes when you're church and you've been on the inside, you know that it's wise to ask the pastor questions. It's wise to ask them intimate questions about how the church handles their finances. That's smart. Most people won't do it, and that's okay. A lot of people aren't. They're just like, I don't know. I just kind of trust, and that's okay too. But when you've been in, inside churches that maybe are sideways or maybe aren't biblical or, or get off track, you want to ask those questions. The couple's newer to the church, already giving back, probably, retur- probably returning a tithe, I would guess. But, but they're smart enough to, they, they know. They know where your treasure is, there your heart will be. You know what they wanted to know from their pastor? They wanted to know, 
what has your heart? Because we're giving our treasure to it. And we want to know what, what matters to Meadows Church. So we sit down and we start talking about vision of the church and we exist to lead people to Christ and their God-given purpose, but let's get more specific. And I start talking about our kids' ministry and our youth ministry and how we invest heavily in those ministries. Why? Because they're the future generation. I don't, we don't just talk about it, we invest in it. And by the way, we can't just invest here, we have to invest out there. We have to stop thinking, well, people are just gonna come to the church and show up. No, they're not. We have to go where they're at. So we adopted a school. We've actually adopted a couple schools that we pour into and love to make a difference in the school system. That's where money goes. We talked about veterans in our community and how we adopted Victory Apartments and we invest in veterans and we fill their food pantry and we've grilled out with them and we provided for them because we invest in these veterans because a lot of them struggle and a lot of them are disabled. That's part of our heart. What you'll find out this year is foster care is becoming part of our heart because it seems to be part of Jesus' heart the more he talks about it. So we, we're going to start investing more in foster care agencies and becoming a part, not just financially, but, but in it. This is, this, and, and then I shared probably one of the biggest things. I told them, you know what? 10% of everything that comes into Meadows Church goes back out and, and goes towards church, uh, multiplication, reaching more people for Christ. It's all about reaching people for Christ. But what do you mean by multiplication, Pastor? I mean to plant other churches. Christ didn't die for Meadows Church. He died for the church. And we are, we are, we already planted a church, you guys. Do you know how many churches have never done that? We did it in the first three years. Do you know how we did it? People giving and then us putting it aside to say we're going to invest in what matters most because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So I'm telling them about church multiplication and crossover church in Bennington and how we invest in that and we continually invest in that because we, we want to, we believe in multiplication. We invest in leadership. After, after church today, I'll gather with leaders in this room and we will eat together. We invest in that. And we learn together because leadership development has to happen. I'm not the leader of the church. You guys are the leaders of the church. I'm just here to equip you and love you and serve you. So, so, so finally, we start talking about like buildings and land because the elephant in the room is we don't have any of that, right? The place we're at right now, we rent. We have, we have nothing. And I've made the statement from the stage and I'll stand behind it. I don't want to invest in property. I don't. Do we need it? Yeah, it's good, it's good to gather. But this isn't church in my opinion. This is a huddle where we learn, we gather, we encourage. Church begins when you leave here. Here's what I, as I talk to them about property and about a building and land and this place will probably be sold. I mean, it's going to be sold. We know that. We just don't know who or what, whatever. And I sat there thinking to myself, I'm thinking, I knew this message was coming up. And I said, if everybody in our church would just get under this teaching today, or just take steps towards it. Most churches, can I, I'll, give you, I'll give you stats. Yeah, I think you can take it. Most churches, most of the people give nothing. Meadows is no different than most churches in that capacity. But we're trending in a good direction. And I'm going to keep preaching truth out of love. And I hope that you know my heart, that I'll never try to manipulate or guilt or anything. Money's the last thing I gave to God, and I forfeited blessings. Meadows Church wouldn't exist if I, got to if I didn't get to tithing. You think God's going to trust me with the bride of Christ and leading the church charge if I'm stealing from him out of my personal finance, out of his finance? He ain't going to trust me with nothing. So it doesn't happen. This is what I want people to know. And so I, so, so I started thinking, if our church started to, if our church, I'll, I'll just give you a big vision. If our church, everybody started to tithe today, we would be looking for land in a building in, in a couple months to buy. 
We wouldn't have to, oh, what's available? What can we afford? It'd be like, no, 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 we'll take that. Right along 370, right where the growth is happening, right where the people are moving, right where the action is, we would take it and we would build whatever we wanted like that. We wouldn't just like sponsor one school or two schools. We could sponsor every school in the county. We wouldn't just plant two or three churches in two or three years. We could plant 20, 30, 50, 100 churches all preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and changing lives. We invest in things that are worth something. You do. Your kids are valuable to you. You invest in them. You, you get food. You get clothing. You, you get them in sports activities. That's all good. You invest in them and you should. You invest in what's worth something. Can I, can I ask you, is what we're doing at Meadows worth anything? Look, I'm personally asking you. You guys, you know this? We've been a church four plus years. In four plus years, 498 people have given their lives to Christ. Is that worth investing in? Is it worth it? I'm asking. If it's not, if that's not worth it, don't, don't, don't invest in it then. But if you believe it's worth investing in, God, I'm asking, would you take a step? I could get personal. Is what I do as your pastor worth investing in? And I'm not, I'm, I don't, if, if, you're, if you feel like he's guilt me, I'm not. I'm asking. The reason I ask is because, Jake, you probably don't remember this. Four years ago when we moved here, you were, what, nine, ten years old? And the, we had church plants all new, and Jake asked this question. He said, Dad, <laughs> how do you get paid? I, don't, I think Jake thought Jesus was up there writing checks and giving them to pastors. Kids, a check is something that we, anyway, so um, <laughs> I said, Jake, you know how the people give and we talk about tithing and offering every week? That's how I get paid. There is no other way. There is no district. There is a district, but they ain't writing me checks. There's no one funding that. I, I, I just want you to know the real stats behind what's happening. And then I'm asking you to invest in what, in what, what matters at the end. How did we start the scripture? Jesus says, stop investing in crap that's gone and rust and fades away. Invest in what's eternal. Jesus did. God did. He invested in something worthwhile. You. Hey, Jesus, you're going to be massacred for them. They're worth so much to me. I'm going to pay a huge price. Jesus, I'm sending my first and my best. Oh, by the way, that's you. The tithe. Jesus. And he sends Jesus. You want to talk about a giver? The heart of the Father. That's how I know it's in you. Because you're created in his image. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God, that God sent Jesus to die on a cross for, for us so that we could accept Christ. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people do. People covered by the grace of God do. And if you hear nothing else, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, that can change today. Except that Jesus Christ was dead and three days later he rose from the dead, defeating sin, defeating death, defeating the devil. And that when you call on his name and you ask him to come into you and make you new, he'll do it. But it requires repentance as well. Repentance means that you're going to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to do that way anymore. I want to get under the umbrella of God. I want to take steps towards Jesus. But you are saved by God's grace through your faith when you believe. For online, I say it every week and I'll never stop. Type, I choose Jesus in the comments and we'll follow up with you and walk with you and love you every step of the way. New life begins today. For anybody in the room, the connect cards. If you want to call on the name of the name of Jesus, 
commit, recommit your life to Christ, you can do it today. Nothing is more important. None of this matters if you don't have Christ in you. And by the way, it'll be very hard to, to, to return 10% without the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you. Our heart is wicked. That's what the Bible says, not me, the Bible. I'm going to close with blessings. Not just talking financial. You know that, I hope, by now. I'm talking in every area of your life. God saved me from a drug addiction. God allowed me and our family and others to move with us to plant a church called Meadows. If I'm not obedient in the areas that we're talking about today, see, blessings for me are way bigger than finance. The number one book that Jesus quotes, do you know what it is? It's in the Old Testament. It's Deuteronomy. He quoted it more than any other book. In Deuteronomy, God spoke a lot. Moses wrote it. And God spoke to Moses, and Moses spoke to the people. God was desperate to get them to obey. Do you know why, Zach? Because God knew if they obey, his hand will be on them, and they'll be blessed. It won't be easy, but they'll be blessed. The moment God removes his hand, like, you steal from me, there's a curse. There's, there, the opposite of blessings is curse, and those are real. It's not some fallacy. It's a real thing. So God knew that. So listen to what God says, and this is the closing. God, Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 8. The Lord is desperate for the Israelites to obey. Like he's begging over and over and over. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all, that's a big word, his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord God will set you high above all the nations in the world. Of course, his hand is on you. His blessing is on you. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Blessings aren't automatic. They're not up to God. They're up to you. God wants to bless. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. By the way, does, do you think our world seems blessed? When you look at what's happening, does it seem like God's hand is all over the world? The world isn't in, the, most of the world doesn't align with the word of God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. Your offspring and your herds and your flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets, your breadboards will be blessed. This is, this, is, this is God speaking. Wherever you go, whatever you do, not just talking money, whatever you do will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. Boy, that's big. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything. Say everything. Shout everything. You do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. I'm telling you, when you return to God what is his, he will rock your world. Do you believe it? Shout about it. If you believe it, give him praise. I don't want to just shout. I want to do. Today is about any area that you know that maybe you're not obedient in. It might be a tithe. It might be something completely different. The Holy Spirit will speak to you on purpose, individually. That's how much he loves you. I'm going to pray for you. I love you. See, I love you too much not to give you the word of God in this way. Pastor's kind of a jerk. You're either bringing it or you're stealing it because that's what God says. I want you to live your purpose. There is no purpose outside of obedience. It won't happen. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, 
I thank you for your word and your truth. God, I'm going to say it. I, I think the topics that we're speaking about, whether it's our stuff, our things, I, Jesus spoke about it more than anything else because it's what we hold to. And it's, it's the hardest thing that we have to let go. And it's where the enemy attacks. And the enemy, you have no voice here. Like you have no invitation to this place. Like we just rebuke you in the name of Jesus because I know that you're trying to spread lies and all oh, this and oh, there's that. I bet this and they're probably wanting that. No, we want the word of God to go forth. We want people to step into God's, God's truth and God's love and God's word and God's purpose and God's promise. Father, for anybody that has not fully surrendered to you and called on your name, accepted Jesus' death and resurrection, you know, here's what I just thought of God. You know what we're worth when it comes to what's worthy and what's not? According to you, we're worth the blood of Jesus. Wow, for anybody who walked in here feeling worthless and invaluable, I pray that hits home. I pray that they know, regardless of where they've been, regardless of what they've done, you love them. Your son Jesus died for them, shed blood for them so that they might live in abundance today. That's not easy. It's just abundant and forever. Father, have your way in this message. Holy Spirit, move in our hearts. Doing us what we can't do in ourselves. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I want to ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.